Why are we always laughing when we start? Hey everybody, it's the Inglorious Pastors. I'm Bruce Martin, the lesser. And I'm Roger Martin. Yeah, I thought he might come in with the greater, but he knew where I was going with that. Welcome to Inglorious Pastors Season 4, Episode 7. We're, it's 7. 7. Do you see the shirt that I'm wearing? Well, of course, our, our listeners can't, but you can see the it shirt says, that I'm wearing. It says, Papa. The man, the myth, the legend. All right. I'm wearing this because... You've got some big news. He enjoy her pregnant! Yes! <laughs> oh. No. Yes. No, no, no. All right. Uh, if Joy's watching this, uh, somebody help revive her. Yeah. Um, no. Grandbaby number 10 was born a couple of weeks ago. And little Eli, born to our daughter Rachel, her husband Brian. So we're up to ten grandkids. I, that's that is just hard to. I mean, because I don't have any grandkids. I barely have a kid, much less a grandkid. I'm like, holy shit! I know it's it's actually. Well, it's a grace. Of course, it's there's a blessing of yeah. that. And um, so, when do you turn sixty? I turn sixty in August. So this is the big year for you. I'm loving it. Yeah, I think our friend Mark Booth, who also has 237 grandkids, turns 60 in about a week. Ah. 60. That's just, why do I have such old friends? That's the question I ask myself a lot. What? Well, we've said it before, I'm but so young. 60 was the big, I mean, growing up, that that was that was old for sure, 60. Well, that was, that was the age of our grandparents right. when we first started hanging out on the farm. Right, so... 60 was was the marker. Um, In fact, if you had grand before your name, you were you were old. Grand anything. Well, I've had, yes. So, um, congratulations, though. That's big. It's 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 very cool. I hope you'll be able to see this new grandchild sometime <sighs> when the pandemic. So, more states are opening up right now, so there's a lot more like. They lifted the travel restrictions in San Francisco, which is helpful for me because we're flying in and out of there for three of my trips out west this year with Born to Be Wild. So they lifted the okay the 14-day quarantine if you fly in. If you Oh, okay. Which is going to be a problem. I mean, we could quarantine in the wilderness, but the, the trip's only planned for four days. I don't know what we're going to do for the other ten. Right. That's... <laughs> well, we're quarantined, but we've run out of food. It's going to be a problem. You can die in different ways. It turns out. So yes, I saw that um, even Massachusetts, where yeah, one of our kids, uh, uh, Ben lives, is has made some is lifting some restrictions, and um, so vaccinations are helping. Uh, herd immunity is starting to develop. Uh, those are all good signs. <laughs> herd immunity. I'm sorry. <laughs> you think of cattle when no, you see that? You... <laughs> whenever <laughs> I'm immune to cattle. No, whenever you heard herd immunity, I just want to move. I don't know. It just herd immunity. No, it just immunity. feels like it, it. It seems like a yeah a, a a term about cattle about animals. Well, once we you know get at that herd immunity, it's just yeah. Why don't they why don't they talk about you know, like uh, majority immunity, crowd immunity? Crowd I don't immunity. I don't know. Herd herd no. immunity. It does. I hear cattle in the distance. That's good. So so. Uh, I had something I wanted to share this week that I've been thinking about. Well, that's that's why we get together is to talk about things we've been 
thinking about? So I was reading Ecclesiastes yesterday. So this was fun. Reading What's Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes is a is a book of the Bible that's tucked away in the Old Testament that is a sort of a bizarre book. Wait, do we know what me it means? Seriously, I just thought of it. Ecclesiastes. Do we know what it means? Uh, you probably do. No. I, I probably used to know, but I haven't looked at Ecclesiastes. Well, now Wouldn't they be ecclesiastical? Well, now you've got like ecclesiastical. Uh, like e ecclesi polity, ecclesia. Ecclesia was a community. That's what I'm saying. The, the polity of the community. The ecclesia was a yes. of the community. Ecclesiastes. Okay, anyway. I, Ecclesiastes is a fascinating... But it's Hebrew, so I don't know if it has the same kind of, uh, you know, it, it has the same feel. In the Greek. All that said, I did a, a, a series on this years ago called Life's a Bitch and Then You Die. Which was when you read when you read Solomon, it's very much a downer at certain points. It's like there is nothing to be gained in this world at all. You build all this stuff and you gain and you profit, but what does it profit you? Because when you die, it just goes to someone else. And it's interesting, he didn't have a, a, a clear sense about even life after death because he was like, who knows, does an animal spirit go to the ground and ours rise up nobody really knows and he goes it's all just chasing after the wind <laughs> but it's a fascinating read anyway and when i'm feeling when i'm feeling depressed it helps me to go in there and go there's other people that have felt what i feel but what i read yesterday was so good i just like ruminated on it also a herd <laughs> oh, no. that's, a herd, cattle that's a cattle term <laughs> ruminate, ruminate. don't go into that whole cow stomach thing <laughs> I ruminated. We, we heard that story. <laughs> Meditating was this idea of how a cow would take some grass yes. in their mouth and it would go into a first stomach. Then they would bring it back up and work on it some more. That was not a helpful image of meditation. Well, no, because we're all laughing, you know, because we're just teenagers and we're laughing right. about who's going to eat their own vomit and, right. and ruminate on it. However, so I was meditating on one Meditating, not passage. ruminating. That was so good. And he said, I see that everyone's achievement and gaining and, and pursuing prosperity stems from their envy of their neighbor. And then he says this, and I love this. He said, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And here's what I thought about that, because I, I, I started thinking, how often do we create stress? We talk about how stressful our life is or, or these different pressures that we have. I wonder how much of that, though, really stems from an envy of our neighbor. We're trying to keep, as the old saying, keep up with the Joneses. And I realized yesterday, and I'm very happy with my life and career right now, but I could do so much more. I mean, I could, I could take on another podcast, and I could write another book, and I could do so much more. And, and when I think about that, I just kind of get tired by thinking, but I have one handful right now. Yes. And it's plenty. And I'm like, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And that is that we've talked about this before, but I wonder even the 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 idol of productivity in our culture, we gotta be doing more and I don't know. I'm just getting to a place where I'm 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 very comfortable with taking on what God brings to me in this season, whether that's through counseling or, or hiking trips or other things. But I haven't felt the need to let's go build a bigger platform. I mean, like right now, this is hilarious. I have a total of maybe 400 email subscribers, which in the email subscription world is, that is not even a drop in the bucket. And it's about 
400 more than I have. That's a speck of dust. <laughs> if yours is a speck on, of dust. On a piano key <laughs> in <laughs> the entire cosmos. I mean, it's just, just teeny tiny. That's 400 more than you have, though? Yes. I didn't realize I was doing that well, then. <laughs> I don't even have an email subscription list. No, but what I'm hearing is that <laughs> I now... Have- yeah. If you want to publish a book with a traditional publisher, they right. want you to have you know at least ten thousand people on your email list, <laughs> and I've got well just nine thousand six hundred to go. May have been why my book submission <laughs> didn't fly. Didn't didn't fly that that zero email subscription list. You could have you could have said yeah too. <laughs> There's joy in me. Yes, that, I give you permission to email me. That would have. That would have turned the corner. <laughs> well, that's 200% more than you have right now. <laughs> is that even possible to have 200% more of zero? Yeah. Because actually 200% more of no, zero let, is still zero. Let's not get into a math discussion because that's not good for... That bothered me, though, when they would say, what's three times zero? I'm like, well, zero, but it seems like it should be something. <laughs> Particularly if it's 27 times zero. Well, that should be more... Or a billion times zero. <laughs> still zero. So that didn't that didn't help. All that to say, I wonder for our listeners if they reflect on how often they're doing something or doing more or they're busy or they even find themselves stressed because they're struggling to, to be content with what they have or enjoy what they have and they feel like culture is saying you need to do more. You yes. should do more. You you A good parent will provide more for their children. And I'm like, no, I'll take one handful with tranquility. How much is driven... By what we want. And Jesus would say things, you know, what is it you want? Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, but I wonder how much I know what you're gonna say. is driven by what everybody else wants. What, what, and what other people even want for us. What they want for us. What they expect from us. Yep. Um, how, if we were to dig into, why am I doing this right now? What, why am I working so hard? What, yeah. and, I, and this is where I found for me, there's often something else going on. Um, I found this when I was a particularly teenager, though I've certainly had as older, but playing basketball, I, I realized I couldn't just enjoy the game because I was always trying to prove something. Oh, I realized more was riding on, and it's why when, <sighs> when, when I might start, game. when we might start losing, yep, I would get angry because more was riding on it than a fun game. How people saw me, uh, something about my value, something about what I brought to the table. Um, was I contributing? Was Did I, I see you as a baller or just as a loser? Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder how many times we find we're doing something, but there's much more writing on it. It's not just, I'm just doing something for the joy of it, or even just to produce income for my family, but there's something else where where it's beyond just working a job, beyond just getting that handful of income I need to pay my bills. What's that other thing? So, yeah, significance. Yeah. Who who am I unless I succeed, unless I'm productive? I'm even thinking how often people will come to me and say these words. Hey, you know, you ought to. Sure. And as part of it is like, yeah, I could do that. Right. I'm like, I could actually do that. And then I start feeling like, well, if I could do it, I probably should do it. I mean, it's this, it's this difference in there's all sorts of things that you and I are good at yeah, or that we could do with competence. Yeah. Doesn't mean we should. 
Right. And I realized, uh, it, particularly with platform building in the speaker publishing world, for years people have told me, I should be doing this, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. You should have a huge, huge platform. But I, honestly, I'm enjoying one handful with tranquility Yeah. than pursuing all of that. Because I've seen others that have gone down that road of, all right, if i got to build a big <laughs> platform, and so I'm getting emails from them four times a week, and I ended up unsubscribing from one because it's too much. And it, it, what hits me as you're saying that is the other one of the other challenges, and it's a wealthy world challenge uh, that we right. live in, is all the technology, all the advances, yes. all the things that we have create innumerable options. Because I, which, oh, gosh, yes. in other words, so it's not okay. I've got the press of whatever other people, productivity, or whatever, but now I could be doing podcasts i could be starting a nonprofit. i could i could be doing video casting i could be writing a book i could be blogging i could be you're telling your story aren't you <laughs> i'm yes and it's because there's i mean there's just so many things that you can do and if you particularly if you start getting into that everything i can do maybe i sh should be doing in other words i'll compare i'll think about yeah. some of my dear friends in in ethiopia and we were able a couple times to visit for two to three weeks this small village in Ethiopia, Jido. It just, God, opened our eyes. It just so many things. But sometimes I'll just put myself there. I'll put my... And I realize my friends in Ethiopia <laughs> aren't wrestling with option overload. Nope. Um, and it's why it's fascinating to me that you bring up Ecclesiastes because... Solomon could do anything. Anything, and and he he talks about he pursued. He tried to everything, and that's why he came at the end of of all. He's just like it's meaningless. Right. He didn't, I, and I was shocked by that. You know, sometimes I, I'm like, some of that stuff, stuff sounds pretty fun. Right. I won't go into detail, but, <laughs> but but to him it was this. Wait, you you can have <laughs> don't even go there. You can have so many options that you are actually. You find no contentment. That's what he said. You find no contentment. He said, a man gains and gains and gains. And I think he was telling his story. And yet he has no contentment in what he has. This is meaningless and chasing after the wind. So he makes it clear that these things that we think we add to the other hand that are going to... I'll add another wife. I'll add um, more income. I'll add um, some new vacation, some new travel. Right. Uh, all these things... He said, I added that, check, I added that, yep. I added that, Did that, I added that, I filled my hands, I wasn't content. Oh, that that's interesting. He was telling his story there, too. Yes. All of this really is his story, because he would say, I would see, I would look out there. Yes. But he's telling his story. I just he's, thought about that, because he was, he was two hands, he was two hands so full, he can't, he can't even move. And it's why his story is so powerful for Americans and yes. other wealthy world people because Maybe we Ecclesiastes means American. <laughs> it was certainly directed. You talk about sure. a place right. because he could send the message. Many people have read his words that weren't in his situation, but in America, we look in. There are any number of things. Anything I want to do, I want to pursue. In fact, our whole mantra is sort of. Anything you want to do, go do it. Get it. You can do anything you want. You can be anything you want to be. You want to um, 
And I think subtly behind that is the idea in that finding whatever it is, whether you're going to find that contentment, you're going to find that peace, you're going to find that satisfaction. And Solomon could say, uh, before you before you go down that road, yeah, I've tried it all. I've tried all the things that you think will make your life happier and, and will make you more... It's not surprising that America has super high levels of discontent. Yes. Unhappiness. And unhappiness. Suicide rates. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if um, even this whole thing of contentment, how important that is. So so Solomon wraps up the whole thing. At the end, we're all familiar with what he wraps up. You know, fear God and keep his commands. This is like like, this is what it's all about. But before that, he says some, some profound things, I think, which are the best that a person can do is to be content to enjoy food and drink and the work that God has given them under the sun. And I thought about some of the things that I enjoy the most are just simply having a meal like with you enjoy at your house yeah. and we cook dinner and we open a bottle of wine and we just share and we but there's not there's not a sense we're striving for anything, we're not trying to accomplish anything. Yeah. But it's joy. Those are the times, those are the moments that I experience joy. And I realize because I, I I struggle with depression. Sometimes I'm searching for joy. I'm trying to find joy. And yet I realize no joy is available to me Sometimes it's changing my expectation of what will bring that joy. In other words, right. the, for me, I'm learning in this season, the more content I am, even with my work and, and what I'm doing right now, and I'm not pursuing anything, I'm not trying to grow anything, I'm just enjoying what yeah. I'm experiencing joy. Yeah. And with friends. just And this is one of the things that's been so hard about the pandemic. You know, I love getting with people and, and friends and just eating and drinking together. And we've done several Zoom meals with folks uh, in this season, which has been nice, but I'm very much looking forward to reconnecting with not fast food Zoom meals, like Zoom video, Roger. I know what you were thinking. It's probably another herd thing going on. But any, all that to say, uh, you know, after reading that, and then I'm, I read the Gospels after that, and it sounds like Jesus says with a smile on his face, things like, sell your possessions, give to the poor, you know, find the life that is truly life. And I'm like, he's right. He, Jesus is always pointing us toward joy but we think in giving up everything we're losing something and yet jesus says no when you you give up everything and you lose your life for my sake you gain everything and i think one of the things that we gain is is joy the joy of being able to be content yeah contentment to me is not just it's not just a feeling that we have like in this moment yes i finally finally i feel content it is something i choose And, and and part of the choice it seems is is enjoying right what I have right here with one hand. Yeah, it, it, not the next thing. Not right. the oh, even being present. Right. It's just because you watch Jesus, and we we can blow by it. He had no possessions outside of his clothing. Didn't I mean basically it says that was okay when when they're dividing up all of his worldly wealth. At the foot of the cross, that was not a big haul. Nope, <laughs> nope. And and, but always full of joy, and so but he and he's enjoying people, and he's enjoying interactions, and he is enjoying that simple bread uh, and wine with the the and the beauty of the outdoors. Come away with me to a private place, and he takes him to a lake. I just yeah. love that. Or they'll go out in a boat. There, yeah. There's. Um, 
And what I've loved about him that see, that speaks into what you're getting at too is he just seemed wonderfully unconcerned with people's expectations of who he ought right. to again who he ought to be. Well, even his disciples, the closer they got to him and more connected, the more they felt like they could speak into his life. Right. And and Jesus made it clear, no, that's really not your space. That's not a space you want to go in. But they he wasn't dri- he wasn't driven by you know, you were saying what other people thought he ought oh, to do, or what the culture. Th- this is what even what the culture expected of a messiah or a rabbi. Yes. So even if they didn't believe him as messiah, a rabbi would do these right. these certain things. Well, he picked all the wrong people. Right. I mean, he it's the it's the island of misfit toys. That's what Jesus right. surrounds himself with, and then he turns to them on the sermon on the mount and says, "You guys are blessed." Because you're the outcast and you're the poor in spirit and the you're the left behind. Yeah. That's a very good thing. And then and Roger and I talked about this earlier, but it was really a big deal to me <laughs> when when Jesus says, Blessed are those that are poor in spirit and that are marginalized and vulnerable and persecuted. Uh, because when you're persecuted, he says, Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven, because that's how they treated the prophets before you. Then he turns around in Luke and just says right behind that, But woe to you. When all men speak well of you. <laughs> and I thought, but that's exactly what I want. I love that. I, I want I want all men to speak well of me. I mean, who wouldn't want that? And yet Jesus says, no, woe to you when all men speak well of you. And I'm like, wow. And wasn't he getting at, even this is that thing that gave him the freedom. He was not concerned with how people saw him. No. He, this is going to sound funny. He wasn't concerned about his reputation. Because your, your reputation is what people think about you. It, right. It's the culmination of a bunch of other people's thoughts about right. you. That's interesting. He was, he was more concerned about his character, his identity. Integrity. I know who I am. I, I. It wasn't, this is why. This is why he could talk with anyone. You see, he wasn't sitting there worried. If he's talking to the woman at the well in Samaria, he wasn't concerned about anything that would affect his reputation. He was concerned about her in that moment. Here's a precious person that I made, that that I care about, and I want to interact with that person. And he's oblivious. Now, even his closest friends are saying, why is he talking to her? Hey, Jesus, people are going to think you're hitting on her or she's hitting on you. It's just not good. This is not... And this is the thing, again, being able to rest in the reality... Who he was, Roger, that, and yeah. that's a that's a bigger scope of contentment. So contentment is not just with in terms of what we possess, yes, or productivity, but what about contentment in our personhood, our identity, who identity. we are? Jesus, I, I love it, and I, I share this a lot when I teach on identity. It says that Jesus would not entrust himself to anyone, for he knew what was in the heart of man. In other words, he realized reputation's a fickle thing. People loved him one minute, and then a week later, shouting crucify him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this it's this thing. Human beings are fickle people. And if someone meets our expectation, we love them. It's even like the celebrities in our culture. We love them and love them and love them until we don't. Mm-hmm. And that's true for, for us. Some people are going to love us and then, nope, nope, we disappoint them or that we don't meet an expectation. But what a, hand, what a handful with tranquility to be able to say, hey, this is who God's created me to be, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm, yeah. I'm content with that. And I don't worry about it allows you to, 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 to speak to both kings and paupers and and never 
missed a beat. It allowed Jesus to talk to lepers and, and touch them, but also interact with Pilate with no... Pilate was even shocked at his, I want to say, indifference to Pilate. He was like, yeah, you don't, you actually don't have any power. He actually you actually don't have any power, except God's given you some from heaven, so steward that carefully. No, but somebody Pilate talking to him. He's like, you, don't you know? You are aware. <laughs> and and it's, Jesus felt no press from that. King Herod wants to see him. It's like getting a, it's an invitation to the White House. Right. I want to see you. And, and Jesus says, well, tell that fox, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll be doing this for three days, and then I'll be coming to Jerusalem, because surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. <laughs> I imagine, I wish I could have seen Herod's face when the messenger brought him that. <laughs> well, so what did Jesus say? Is he coming over? Well, he, he made a... Uh, he made a reference uh, to a small, insignificant animal, animal. Don't need to bring that. Said something about herd immunity, <laughs> and then he said he'll, in essence, get here when he gets here, and you'll want to kill him. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that is that. Uh, uh, oh, I wish we could see, it. and I, and I think the chosen is giving us some beautiful sort of insights into that person of Jesus. That's why I've enjoyed watching it. I can't right. wait till the next season whenever that's yeah. coming out but i think jesus had joy and contentment and yeah. a smile and a wink in addition to stern moments you know and and challenging moments yeah. um well think think about i mean really I'm, i i started thinking about it and now i'm getting tired you think about how much energy it takes to ki- try and control what people think about you and what you just said oh yeah okay people are fickle they're whatever what they think about you may be true or not but if you're trying to control what i think john orchberg or others have called image management yep but if there's this part do you realize how hard you have to work particularly because it's impossible you well, there is that <laughs> in other words so i just take one person if i'm trying to control what bruce thinks about me if i'm trying to control that image oh but then i can have oh there's my wife oh then there's my neighbor Oh, and there's this pe- person I see at the grocery store, whatever. Because I've even, you know, I, I'm concerned about how someone sees me. And, and I, what a burden. This was yes. part of what was going on when I was playing basketball as a teenager. Now, it's still come up, still, I know, it's come up in other, like, athletic settings where I realize <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying... I want that strong image. I want that talented. I want that capable um, image. Where, how much energy it takes to try and control something you can't even control. You can't even control. And I realize in listening to you, so you're using the basketball court analogy. I'll use the being a pastor of a church analogy. I struggled the most as a pastor. I think it's what made me so tired after... 23 years. Mm. I was I was always very concerned with what people thought. Now, some of that was from a genuine space of, I love them, I don't want to disappoint them, I care about them. But a lot of it was really image management that I couldn't. But I don't want to disappoint. Even that word. I, I don't, don't want, want to disappoint. disappoint them. So it's like that, but Jesus said, what do you and all men speak well of you? Why did I, I wish, now looking back on all the years I was pastor, that I honestly didn't care what people thought about me. About you. I want to point people to Jesus. Right. I want I want them to know all of what is good and best and right about Jesus because he's the only one that's perfect. Right. What you think about me? Eh, I I wish I and I would just I never got there, yeah. Roger. I never got there. I wish I could have just 
you know, I just don't care what people think about me. I, I want to be concerned. Here's the thing. I want to be concerned that I'm a caring person. But there's a difference yes. between I want to be seen as a caring person. Because that's what I can't control. Roger, okay, so that's what Jesus actually preached against. So I was sharing this last week, and I actually preached for the first time in like 19 months last Sunday. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah, Aerosmith, back in the saddle again. That's what I was. I was I was back preaching. But when I, I talked about Jesus saying, you're the, 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 the light of the world, so let your light so shine that people will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words... You're, I even brought a mirror on stage and, and had a person come up. We did a little reflection talk. It was okay. great fun. But then in the same message, in the same preaching, in the same sermon, he says, now be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before to be men to, to be, be seen, seen by, by them. them. In other words, that you That's that are balance. seen yes. by them. And I realized you just said it. I wanted to be seen as a caring person. Here's the reality. I was a caring person. I was. But what got me in trouble is wanting to be seen as a caring person yes. because then you waffle on different things. Well, and, and, and that's why Jesus says it's a curse. Woe do you when all men speak well of you. It's the curse of being well-loved right? because you want to maintain that. Yes. Think about it. If all men are speaking highly of you, you're kind of like, that's, I like this. Invariably, it seems to me, yes, if you are trying to get everyone to speak well of you, you're going to have to stop doing some things that matter in the kingdom right you're, 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 right in other words people aren't going to be happy you're going to do anti-kingdom things if you shoot straight with them about some things so if i'm in other words i can't be honest at some points with people or i can't speak a word maybe from god to them if i'm if i'm yeah if trying to keep them happy with me is my primary driver invariably i'll end i'll have to say okay jesus said to do this thing but i'm not going to I'm not going to do I'm that. I'm not going to go there. And, and I even realized that in my counseling ministry now, versus my counseling ministry when I was pastor, <laughs> I realized I am more straightforward with people now because I have no concerns about them leaving the church. I, could, I, I'm just being honest. That but was we, something we that I that. thought about or felt. Gosh, if, I get, if I'm real straightforward with them about, about what I think they're facing and what they're going to need to do, they might just get ticked off and walk. Even if we weren't thinking about it. And again, it I was, was a pastor the back of your mind. for many years, thus the pastor's... Longer than I was. Um, uh, ...terminology. But I, how much, whether I was even thinking that way, how much is subliminally going under, yep. under the surface? You don't even think about it. If I make this call, now actually as I'm reading God's word, I think this probably is the call. If I make this call, are we going to lose people? Now, by the way, my 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 pay, my income <laughs> is directly is riding <laughs> on these people and their income. How much? So yeah, they may stay at the church, but if they stop giving, you won't stay at the church. <laughs> well, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, just one of those things. And really, we know how to get rid of our pastor. Everybody, stop giving. How much was riding for me? At some point, be. And maybe that's part of what you just get it when it becomes about me. Because at some point yeah. now, if I'm trying to be liked by everyone, it's not about them. Actually, it's about me. It's say not about it, them. It's oh, about yeah. it's say about that, them liking me. Say that again. So, <laughs> no, I realize. Really, you're, if I'm concerned you're a true that everyone, narcissist. Right. If everything I'm, is actually about you. If I'm concerned that no one speaks poorly of me, I can put that out as I'm trying to. 
I'm caring for people. Right. But it's really, no, I care about me. No. And that's what Jesus says you can't do. And that's the way he lived. He could do the caring thing. In other words, and even yes. dying on a cross was the caring, loving thing. It looked foolish, weak. It looked like a failure. It looked like actually giving up. It looked, it, it all the things, but of course all through well, his it life. It looked like the end. Right. But he did this all the way. Oh, there were repeated, he would do things that people, that made him look bad. That made that disappointed them. That disappointed expectations. Oh, me, I mean, you you say to Zacchaeus, it's one thing. Hey, join me at the synagogue. You know, this neutral spot or the the temple. Even then, that'd have been tough. But he goes, we we need to eat at your place. Right. I mean, this is this is you. This is the he, guy who's in, he just lost all credibility with Jews. Right. I mean, he's in cohorts. With the Nazi Romans who've come in and invaded and taken over his country. Yep. And and this guy is the lead tax collector. No wonder when he does that, it says everyone grumbled. Everyone. In, including Simon the Zealot, one of his 12. I, I guarantee you, because I, I thought more about Simon the Zealot. Right. The zealots were, were were concerned with the overthrow of violent uh, overthrow of Rome, even if it meant violent means. A little from the Judas the Maccabean that came yes, in and came in, all yep. of that. So these are this was kind of a holdover from that. But they're like, we'll do whatever it takes to to get our nation back. I mean, they were very much, let's keep Israel great, or let's let's make Israel great again, or whatever it was. <laughs> it makes me wonder if if when Jesus, <laughs> I think Simon had a little turban on his head, <laughs> make Israel great again. <laughs> Makes me wonder, yeah, if 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 when Jesus said, "Let's go to your house, Zacchaeus," <laughs> if Zacchaeus, are you bringing all these guys? <laughs> well, and I think Simon was going, yeah, so we can kill him. I no, mean, right? No, I'm thinking if I could see Peter sort of reaching for his sword a little bit more. <laughs> right. Yes, let's go to Zacchaeus' house. <laughs> we must go to your house. Yeah, and the, you mentioned the woman at the well, and I love the fact that that Jesus was so. For some, he was such a pariah that they met with him in secret. I was thinking about uh, Nicodemus, who's probably going to lose his reputation. Yep. Right. He's 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 controlling if he image with Jesus. He's controlling image. This was the Jesus never ever had to control image. He was not concerned. He was concerned about character. He knew who he was. Oh God. He was concerned about character and compassion. He wasn't concerned with how he was seen. And think about just how hard it is for us to get there. I mean, just for me, it's that I realize what's tiring me out so often again. Yeah, the two handfuls with the toiling. I'm I'm, I'm looking. It's not just enjoying the moment with God. It's not even just enjoying this moment or what I'm doing. I'm I'm aware of what other people think. I have computer software that's going on all the time that's aware We'll even try and preempt it. We'll even try, you know, in our conversations, I can find myself just trying to control your your perception. I want, you know, I don't so, want Bruce to think I'm an idiot. Right. <laughs> no, that and it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because I've always thought you could care less about what people right. thought, uh, and you can care less than I do for sure. And I think that is true. I realize that that. Are you it's still me going on in my. <laughs> no. 
No, I love the kind of honest kind of conversations we've been able to have. Yeah. And this is why your friendship is so critical for me, is that we can put it all out there. And where you've been able to talk about how powerfully the pull of people's expectations has been. And I realized, okay, that's been a stronger pull for you than for me. Oh, but I've got it. I'm aware. Oh, yeah. I, I'm tuned in. And I still find myself at points. It's why even playing basketball or sports or sure. a game, there can still be other things riding on it. I, don't think, I know there's not anyone, forgive me for saying in advance, that's listening to us that isn't aware at some level of what other people are thinking. That isn't... And at some level, there's a there's almost a, a software running in the background yes. that is at a certain level trying to control what they think. Control what they think. Yeah. Right. So just the simplest way. I don't want to say this in such a way that they think I'm dumb, right. although I really have no idea what we're talking about. Right. Think about how I can... Okay, I'm going to just tell myself. How many, how many times I've been in a conversation with someone and they'll say a word, right. and I honestly have no idea what that word means. And I'm pretty good with words. And they know this. Typically, the other person knows I'm pretty good with words. And I'm just like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the solenoid. Yeah, boy, you hate <laughs> it when that, valve. when that solenoid goes bad. That's, you know. That's, that's, that's I'm so sure that's, annoying right that, there. That's, <laughs> but I can't tell you how many. And why have I done that? It's typically not so the other person won't feel bad because they threw out a word I didn't know. I don't want to look like I don't know something. I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> But I'm getting better. Here's what I, I do realize I'm getting better because I have said this more recently. I, twice in the last year I said, hey, I don't even know what that means. Right. I'll say, what does that word mean? And they'll look at me and then they're kind of apologetic because right. now their software is running. Well, I don't want him to think I'm a super intellectual and I'm trying to leave him in the dust or I'm arrogant. So we've all got this software. It's just better to go, hey, uh, that word you used, parasequel, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Because parasequel is not a word. It is now. A parasequel is no. when two TV no. shows are doing no. sequels and they're running parallel, like <laughs> Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. They mer- it's a parasequel. I okay yes. <laughs> so, um, so you think maybe if we live more like Jesus? If I'm contrasting. I'm contrasting now, so Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, and you've got Jesus. Yeah. Two opposite ends of the spectrum. And Solomon has, a, not just married, multiple marriages, all the money he could want, all the travel, all the control. And what did Jesus say about Solomon? I just thought of this. He, he he took him down a notch in terms of what culture saw him as. He said, not even Solomon in all, all of his splendor, glory. in all of his glory, is dressed like the lilies of this field, the wildflowers in this pasture we're walking through. Now think about the simplicity of that. Yeah. Jesus was making, this is a statement about contentment. Solomon had splendor. Solomon had glory. Everyone power. knew that power. And yet Jesus goes, wait, 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 wait. The, the, the grass of this field. They, look how God's adorned it. Don't you think he's going to take care of... Yeah. That's... Oh, I've never thought about just the fact that... I don't, I don't think he was knocking Solomon in that sense, but I do think he was taking him off a pedestal of what's important. What if we really could go into a field and just see the beauty of wildflowers and go, oh my gosh, right. just enjoy that. Right. We didn't build it. We didn't create it. 
I didn't plant it. I do this sometimes in the Sierras. I just get to walk through these meadows at 10,000 feet, and there's these wildflowers mm-hmm. growing. They're just be- no one's no one planted that. Yeah, it's it's just God did that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's and enjoy that, and not feel like we have to have it. I don't feel like I have to pull those up, stuff them in my backpack, and take them home. It's this thing of not right. even having it, but enjoying it, being present with it. Maybe that's contentment. It is, in the immortalized words of Sheryl Crow, it's not getting what you want, it's wanting well, what, what you've, you've got. got. Yeah. No, it, no that's a, it's a very profound, I've loved that line from the song, and I think this is, and I've, I've inched toward that, I'll have to even go into a basketball game or any other kind of game now and just I'll, even in advance I'll go in I'm going to I'm going to be playing with friends I'm going to go into a golf game I'm going to play with my brother I'm going to we're and and we're going to be out on a sunny day and we're going to see and and even starting from just enjoying the moment enjoying yes. the and and it's almost like priming the pump in advance to simply let it be about enjoying God and what's around me here without trying to control anything. We don't even have to keep score. Right. We don't. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't see myself chasing a little white ball around acres and acres of land and not keep count. No. And it's just the fun because of... Because that's the fun of the game. Right. Right. When it can stay fun, when something else isn't riding on it. So you're saying it's if fine I... keeping the score, but it's just when something else, when a score becomes about my image. Yeah. When a score becomes how yes people see me, where, where I can even even now, okay, I'm getting ready to tee up on the first tee, and there are people watching. Yep. Why is that so stressful? Because I'm so concerned about controlling. I don't want them to think I'm a hack. No, I right. I want. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want. But I think about the that actually. You see, it keeps me from enjoying, and it probably leads to a bad shot. Right. You're, it keeps you from enjoying the first shot of this beautiful golf right. course that I actually may be able to hit fine if yep. I wasn't trying. So to be something. Is it possible that I may not be truly enjoying the game if I break every single one of my irons at the end of my round? I have seen you destroy a golf club on a golf course before. <laughs> well, my, my final round in golf league last year, after everyone left the course, I I broke a lot of clubs. Just just broke a lot of clubs. Oh, I've only seen you break one at a time. Oh, no, this is a whole, oh, that was a whole, whole, whole set. A whole, yeah. And you know what I decided this year when they asked me, am I going to play in golf league? I said, no, I'm not. Nope. Because <laughs> it'll cost me another. It's not helping me. <laughs> Well, the reason I like to play golf is to, it's good for my mind, and you get outdoors, and it's just all those things you said. I can't seem to maintain my perspective out there. And, I, I always say I, I want to play well, and that's true. I love hitting a really good shot. The feeling that you have when you hit a really good shot is going right at the flag. It's just wonderful. But part of it is also I don't want to look like an idiot. But here's the other thing. I'm going to put it beyond to give you a little credit. You don't want to look like an idiot, but I realize the tougher thing about playing league golf is more than more is riding on it than you're enjoying. Right, right. My teammates are counting on it. Right, because I remember you talk about missing a putt. Oh, don't just, let's not bring this up. <laughs> I missed a putt on the last hole that kept our entire team, and there was like 16 people on my team, from 
from going to the playoffs. And Tom Schreiner, if you're listening, you'll love this. It was a putt on nine holes on a nine. It was a putt for a 53. A 53. And I missed that putt. Ignore that, Tom. This short little putt, and I got a 54, and that one putt (laughs) took us out of the playoffs. But seriously, so I bring that up because that brings in that other level of press. In other words, when you and I are out there playing, there's less of, well, first of all, I'm not, it's not like I'm an enormous challenge to you anyway, but there's, there's not riding. In other words, there's nobody you're going to disappoint. There's no, there's not going to be an impact for, if you play poorly, there's not going to be an impact on other people. And I think you're tuned into that. Sure. So I, I think again, it just comes around to. Uh, even other people's expectations. Other, I don't want to let them down. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to have an imp- in. That's the reason, ultimately, I'm not playing in league this year. Right. I think I understand that now. I don't want to let everyone down again. <laughs> Miss a two-foot putt for a 53. Make a 54. It's bad. So, maybe we've given people help for their golf game today? No, here's what I hope we give them help with. Enjoy one hand with tranquility, but if you find yourself pursuing two handfuls and, and you're using words like stressed or anxious or tired or pressured, then I would say... Or the F word. <laughs> I would say... Well, that's all another discussion. Something else is writing. <laughs> I've dropped that a few times lately. <laughs> you realize... <laughs> Our parents would not let us say the word fart. That was that was that the, was the that F was the F bomb. That was the F bomb in our culture. But I would say it's then true. let one hand go and enjoy one hand with tranquility instead of toiling and and chasing after the wind. That's my that's my word on this. I like that. No, I think it's what Solomon taught. It's what Jesus lived. Ooh, that's good. And I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about whatever was on your mind, but I really feel good when the pastors talk about what's on my mind. <laughs> I'm just content. I'm just happy. I didn't have any expectations for today. Right. There's we had one, one handful, not two no. pastor yeah. handfuls. I'm so contented right now. All right. Um, we'll see you next week for another edition of The Glorious Pastors. Did that together? That was cool. Sometimes we have a feel. <laughs>